0: Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about the NCAA tournament, a lot of upsets, a lot of brackets being busted. Uh, So we're going to get into more of that. We're also going to talk about the NFL, the free agency, the Jets making the trade to move up to number three, how that's going to affect the NFL draft. And we're also going to talk a little bit about LeBron James and the quote-unquote media talking about his case for the MVP run. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. My co-host, Adrian Catwell and Earl Ross, join me, Al Qualls, on Guys Talking Sports, which is right now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another fine edition of Guys Talking Sports. Um, appreciate the subscriptions, appreciate, appreciate the comments um, Thank you everyone for listening in, but right now we're going to get right into it Got my co-hosts with me, Adrian Catwell and Earl Ross So what's going on fellas, how are you guys doing
1: today? There's I am no sipping reason. on my nice protein uh, smoothie this evening
2: Oh, I'm sipping on juice 80 calorie juice that is Mixed with water
1: I thought you were gonna I, say that, they, that they're gin and juice stuff.
2: Oh no, sir, no sir. Uh, <laughs> I've uh, I've taken a uh, a hiatus from the creature. Um, mm-hmm. It's been a nice hiatus, uh, but uh, the mind is so much freer once the creature has, uh, has left the body. Yeah,
1: <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I, hey, hey, I, 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 I've taken a break from the sauce myself there as well.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I haven't. I, Except for a glass of wine I've had on my birthday, uh, I can honestly say it's almost been about three months now that I've, I've uh, not touched anything.
1: <laughs> oh, dilly-dilly. Dilly-dilly.
2: <laughs> <Billy> <laughs> and I'm not looking forward to the snow, but eh, I guess wake up in the morning and see what's going on.
0: Yeah. You see how, how everything just flows so freely now? You know, I think this, this, I think this podcast is really reflecting on what you guys are doing. <laughs> because y'all become so freely and so positive with everything that's going on in the world of sports that's reflecting in your life. <laughs> Taking time away from the creatures and everything. See, this is a f- great, great, great time to discuss what's going on with our NCAA brackets. Uh, unfortunately, none of us is really doing good at this point. Um, a lot of, A lot of upsets, you could say. To say the least, um, a lot of number one teams that was ranked number one in the tournament falling by the wayside. So let's get right into it, fellas. Let's talk about what happened in the NCAA tournament. Who wants to go first?
2: <laughs>
0: well, I, I do recall, Mr. Uh,
2: uh, Mr. Ross, or I'm sorry, uh, Smooth, or oh, I'm sorry, Earl. He. uh, politely sent me a message Thursday night talking about, ha, 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 Arizona just got knocked out. I was like, yeah, my bracket is kind of screwed. Then I was so, I I was so uh, fortunate to have to send my rebuttal back to him the following night (laughs) once UVA got knocked out by UMBC. uh, The incredible 16 versus 1, David versus Goliath, uh, the the whole nine yards. I will say that being that I'm in the Baltimore area, uh, it's given, it's given a nice vibe to the city. Uh, they've really taken, taken UNBC to heart, embraced them. I mean, they're nationally loved at the moment, but you know, just from a local standpoint, how, uh, the Baltimore and surrounding areas have really embraced UNBC and, um, really lived vicariously, vicariously through them with this historic win. That they pulled off Friday night, so it's been cool to see. So much so that the AD from UNBC is trying to secure to lock lock the coach in for uh, extend his contract because a, a, a win like this, considering they said the team a couple years ago, the past couple of years only won a handful of games. They haven't been really good, um, and it's taken a team that's been re- not really good to the heights that he's taken them in. and and. From what I heard, he was very confident going into the game versus UVA, saying that he believed that they matched up well with uh, with UVA, and, and they they thought that they could go in there and win that game based on the style of play that UVA uh, plays with. And, you know, they took it to heart, and they went out there and just, just destroyed just blew them out of the water. Um, so I thought that was great. Um, you know, this is what March Madness is all about. So I know we could talk about UNBC all day, but I'm assuming you guys might have some other other surprises of the tournament that you might want to speak on as well.
1: Well well for me I think overall, I mean the, the upsets, you know you know, this is what March Madness is about. You know that you know that, that first week and I think, you know, I said it last week is usually for the most part, the most exciting weekend because, I mean, a lot of these teams, you, you haven't played before. They're in different conferences. A lot of these teams that are coming in and that are these lower seeds have, you know, on a six-, seven-, eight-game win streak had to win their conference, had to win their conference titles just to get into the, um, the big band. So I mean, you're coming against some of these teams that are, like, higher seeds that didn't win a conference. It was maybe kind of like coasting along. So, I mean – I think this is also a combination of the, really all the one and dones. I mean, your top tier, quote unquote, blue blood teams, you know, most of the good players don't stay past one year or two. You know, most of them are, you know, going after the first year to the NBA. So where you're getting like a, you know, Virginia or or a Kentucky when they had their, you know, freshman class, you know, a couple of years ago. But a lot of these blue blood teams that have like, you know, freshmen and sophomores that aren't, ready are prepared for this game you get these mid-majors that have people that aren't going to the nba and they're like you know sophomores and juniors and seniors when it gets down to the crunch time you know people tense up you get to that free throw line you start getting sweaty palms and you start breaking and a lot of these games were decided because down the stretch people couldn't make them plays and um you know um uva the first you know Overall, one seed to go up by a 16 seed. I mean, that's pretty remarkable. So, um, to me, I mean, it's, it's a crazy March Madness. I, I don't know if the next, you know, this weekend is going to be as crazy. I think now I think a lot of teams are seeing some film already on the other teams. So it might be a little more evenly matched, but that first weekend, man, anything goes. This is the first year. Well, I, I think it was upsets all across the board. I mean, my bracket is. <laughs> Toast, I mean, Arizona going out was kind of rough, but once, um, UVA and UNC took their L's, that pretty much killed me, killed me for a majority of the bracket. Only person that got hanging on by a thread is Villanova in Kansas.
2: Uh, man, Michigan State losing, uh, Michigan State, you got, uh, you got like, uh, Loyola. You got, um you got Nevada out there putting in work I guess what really shocked me was Syracuse um beating Michigan State having to do the, right but bigger than that didn't Syracuse have to do a playing game or no
0: Yeah, I think so yeah okay. so they
2: had, they had to do the playing game
0: to to get in and then still knock off
2: Michigan State and uh and who well, it's Uh TCU. I didn't even get them I didn't even have them go past TCU because just the way they played all year in um in the Big Twelve. But the Syracuse is unleashing some sort of nasty defense of so some of these teams. But you know what? It's Jim Beheim in that two three zone that teams aren't prepared for and they just don't know how to play against it. Um so it's it's just been a crazy, crazy like Gonzaga is looking real nice right now because they got to play Florida State in the Sweet Sixteen. And I'm not saying that Florida State is a slouch. I'm just saying I would have never thought that Gonzaga would be playing a nine seed when they really should be playing Xavier right now. And if they were playing Xavier, who would you be picking? Xavier or Gonzaga? You know, uh, I'm I'm just blown away by the the amount of lower-seeded teams that are in the tournament. That just goes to show what you were saying, you know, as far as these teams having legitimate sophomores, you know, red-shirt sophomores, juniors and seniors on their team, as opposed to true freshmen or red-shirt freshmen playing um, for some of these high group of five, squ-
0: uh, high squads, uh, or the Blue Bloods, I should say. It's just this, this bananas to me. Well, me personally, I, I, I'm i loving it. I mean, even because this is exactly kind of the thing that I kind of like about the NCAA tournament because it's starting to become more balanced. Like, number one teams, to be honest, are not playing like the number one team. Um, it almost kind of figures like, you know, why rank these teams when it should be, it's so well balanced now. There's no really true powerhouse that's available now. Um, because who can say whoever's – I forgot who's the last remaining number one. Who's to say that they won't get beat for the Elite Eight? You know, it could be a year where no number one team has made it past the Elite Eight. So this is the balance that I, I'm looking for because it's so unpredictable. Um, I never expected it to be this year per se, but it's good because now it adds more excitement to the NCAA tournament because now not only powerhouses are losing – The more major or the middle bracket teams, you know, they're on a come up where you know people are going to start to look at them, and maybe high schoolers is going to start to look at their their colleges as well, as maybe be added on as a recruitment factor. So, I think overall this will work out. Um, The NCAA is going to, you know, is going to gel off of this no matter what. Uh, But I never really expected so many top teams to 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 lose at this stage and the way that they're losing is is, is such an incredible it's incredible
1: yeah i think this is uh, yeah i agree i think it's all going to work itself out i think that right now the first weekend i think i mean the ncaa probably couldn't have asked for anything better i mean the scandals are not even being talked about right now which means they're going to be talked about after the after the championship um game but um I mean, all the upsets, you know, these mid-major teams, you know, David beating Goliath, I think, the first weekend, I think it was a win-win for them. Now I think they need to have those marketable teams. They need to have, like, the Villanova or, um you know, or somebody to be able to market for that championship game, or at least market into the Final Four. And um right now, I mean – you got Villanova and Kansas, you know, on the, on the lower brackets. And um, what do you have in the upper brackets now? Um, uh, Michigan is still in there. Um, Duke is still in there. Duke is still in there. Gonzaga Purdue. is still in Purdue. Kentucky. Purdue. Purdue, yeah. Purdue. So I think there's still some marketable teams that they, I think, would like to see in the Final Four so they can market it better. But, I mean, I think this is going to be how, how it is as long as you have the top blue chippers that go to these top schools that are one and dones, you're always going to have like the mid majors are going to eventually catch up to these teams, not based on better players, but I think the more polished players that have been in there for two, three, four years. So when you get into tournaments, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a one get beat by a 16 seed next year.
0: Well, let me ask you a question. Do you think that – um you think that it would benefit, I mean, not benefit, do you think that it would still, the NCAA would still be okay if it was, a let's say, an all-men major Final Four?
1: They, one year. I think they can probably do a one-year where it could be a nice story, of like, hey, guys, look, you know, on any given Sunday or any given day, anybody can make it, but... I think repetitively moving forward, I think they still want to have, you know, their Kentuckys, their Dukes, their Villanovas, you know, their, their Michigans, Michigan State. They still want to have those blue bloods in the final four and the final games. But I think if they had, you know, uh, a eight and nine, you know, in the national championship game, I don't think they would, this year, I don't think they would cry about it. They got other stuff to worry about. So. <laughs> no, that is true. <laughs>
2: Well, I don't know. I mean, it's possible because if the NBA decides that they're gonna allow kids or determine what kids are eligible for the draft, I I truly believe that the NBA should just uh, should just develop a, a true farm system. You know, have their G League and then have it where. Maybe some three-tier system before you reach the NBA, like a, a true minor league, a better than the minor league, the G League, and then you make it to the NBA, and have all the teams have their you know their all thirty NBA NBA teams, I guess, it's 30, um, have their own affiliates just like baseball, and then transfer them up accordingly. Now, mind you, depending on where you are, but be you know be based on your pay, then make the high school athlete really have to make that hard decision about what they want to do. Do you want to risk your collegiate eligibility to take your chances and get into the NBA? And if you don't get drafted, then you get sent down to one of those minor league squads? Or do you do like go to college and then you sit there and you got to play three years? You don't necessarily have to play three years, but you got to be in school three years. So, so that means you could possibly redshirt and do two years or however they do in basketball. I mean, I, if that's the case, then I can see where a, four, a final four mid-major could happen because it would take time for those blue chippers who do decide to go to college to possibly affect a team um, to make it far within the NCAA tournament, unless, you know, like, Kentucky manages to get five or six blue chippers that decide they want to stay in school. But um, it's possible, and it, it is possible, considering it would take time for those those kids to... Mature and become better players over years, where the mid-major squads have
1: already had those those kids on their team and they're developing them because they know they're going to be there three, four, five years. Well, you know my opinion about that one. I say that the um, NBA already has a farm system in college basketball, so if they really wanted to treat, you know. Treat it like a true farm system. Then like, you know, we've had, we've had a discussion before. Tell the kids they got to stay minimum two years.
2: I, I, yeah, I say three years.
1: I mean, if you're going to do it, do it like college football, college football, letting nobody in outside of what three years. Mm-hmm. And they, and, and, and they seem to be working just fine. So <laughs> I agree. So if they really wanted to do something, you know, really keep it as is as a form system, they should do that. But, you know, I, I don't know. It's so many ways you can go with that. But to me, I think is as, as long as the one and done policies in prop in, in place and you have a lot of one and done's going to different schools instead of all being congregated at one school, like how you had Kentucky that one year that had basically their almost their entire starting five go to the draft. I think it's going to be a lot more watered down top tier teams once you hit the, um once you hit the, um, the, the turning. But that would in, in turn balance
0: out the turning though, right? Because you would, you know, it will be a lot more balanced than just having the powerhouse teams. And, and of course this is like, it'd be much more balanced and it would be a toss up between who would win in this tournament, which is kind of like, Where we at right now for some of these upsets? Like the upsets is just it's amazing because you would never think that teams that are quote unquote powerhouses getting blown out in games by twenty points in the tournament. So
1: got blown out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly my point. Or lose so lose convincingly. Um, I think that's really what the bottom line is, and. This whole thing with the, the, the mid-majors and, you know, teams coming out the woodworks to beating these powerhouse teams, it's, 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 it's unreal at this point. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how things go as far as the tournament is. Um, especially how things, if anything was to happen, like the upcoming years with upcoming freshmen, how is that going to affect the NCAA going forward?
2: question is, when will Silver put these rules in effect or these changes? I'm assuming he can't do any changes until the end of this basketball season, which means it probably couldn't go into effect to the 2018-2019 college season. Uh, That's even if they change anything.
0: Yeah, but don't they have to be in an agreement with like the NCAA does? They have to be in agreement with what the NBA does. Like, I don't really see them doing that, though. At least not
1: right now. No, I think it's more with the CBA. I think they have to agree upon that. I mean, the NCAA – I mean, NBA can make rules of saying that we're not going to accept kids out of college unless they do three years. NCAA doesn't really have much saying so in that. I mean, right. one – usually they kind of all work in tandem, and I definitely think that Adam Silver wants to – Do something about the one and done. I think he really wants a two. I think he really wants a two-year rule, but I don't know if he's going to get a two-year rule. That's why he's nibbling around the NBA. You know, possibly might you know develop kids out of high school or maybe, like you said, he's doing like a true you know G-League development league because I don't think he will get a two-year unless you know the player association you know goes for it. Right, and that's why I think if if it goes to that
2: whatever G League type of developmental type of thing, then of course the the creme the creme de la creme, the the, the, the true top players will know. Two the top high school players will have an idea. But if you got somebody who's trying to bet on themselves, you know, thinking that they may be a, a, a North Carolina scholarship recipient, but that might be North Carolina's seventh choice if the other top six don't decide to go to North Carolina, and he feels as though he can bet bet on himself to say, yeah, I think I can make the league too because, you know, hell, I'm getting offered by North Carolina. Then if he chooses and he fails, then kick rocks. (laughs) You know, to me it's like don't, don't, don't let your ego get the best of you, especially when you play basketball, personally. I mean, baseball is different because baseball has, like, 2,000 rounds and 2,000 rounds of people getting drafted. And I'm just being facetious when I say that, but you stand a chance coming to high school to get drafted and get stuck in A-ball somewhere and never, ever make it to the league, but yet you're still making $30,000, 40000 a year. You know what I mean? If they want to sit there and take their chances and bet on them, so let them. And if they don't make it, then possibly get your agent, to try to get you overseas somewhere. I mean, obviously, if you thought you was good enough to make the NBA, you got to be good enough to at least make it to where uh, the Ball brothers are
0: playing. <laughs> <laughs> First mention of the Ball family. Now, um, I agree with what you're saying, um, but I also think that the kids are going to have the option. And like you said, whether they do the G League, um, to be honest, I really see them probably going overseas and fending for them. Um, playing against you know bigger um, players or you know anything to get out of that element from college play overseas for a couple of years and then see if the nBA is gonna bring a team is gonna bring them in i mean that's what some of the um international players are doing now uh they're waiting their time roughly around this time of season before their season is over and um the nBA teams can pick them up immediately after that because that's why their season ends early. So, you know, or some people are state in their contracts, you know, hey, look, I'll play with you guys, but if it's NBA team calls, I want to get out of my contract and I want to go back and play in the NBA. So there's ways to go around it. There's certain loopholes um, to go around it. And I definitely think that that's going to be some of the options that the kids is going to look at instead of just going through the G League affiliates and, you know, um those type of – those type of affiliates that's going on, um, I think that that would be something more beneficial for the kids. And I would not be surprised if some of the kids would actually do that. More kids would actually do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's it's
2: interesting. I mean, it's, of course, it's all speculation on our part.
0: So, that's true. That is true. Know, uh, that's
2: The NBA may not do anything at all, and then it's just status quo. And then
0: that is true as <laughs> well. But I,
2: I actually think it
0: going to be hurt. more beneficial for the NBA to do it.
2: It's, they got to do something because it's obvious. It's hurting the college game. It's not hurting UVA. Let's, put, mm. let's, let's, let's keep it real. But, I don't see the, like. Is this with UNBC beating UVA? i don't I personally don't know if there were any one and done type of kids there, okay, but they they sustain some some accountability like from my understanding, there are coaches out there that have decent programs that are outside of the schools that get the one and done type of players that won't go after those type of players because they don't want the baggage that comes along with them, of course, yeah. Meaning the, 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 agents, all this type of stuff and all the stuff, the scandal that's rocking college basketball now. There's just some, some schools just won't, some coaches won't go after that. So, um, I really have to believe that this whole scandal has to open up the eyes and, 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 and document some sort of change somewhere because if they don't do it, the FBI is going to kind of clean it up a little bit. It'll quiet down for a little while. They'll come up with a better scheme and they'll be back to business
0: at hand. <laughs> no, I agree with you on that. I definitely agree with you on that. But we'll see how things progress going for when we talk about more about this, um, seeing what the NBA is going to do, what the NCAA is going to do, and most importantly what the kids is going to do um, going forward. Um, hopefully they could do something to bridge the gap um, and make it a little bit more interesting for um, not just high schoolers but for college kids as well and just – work on this under the same quote unquote umbrella, uh, so to speak. Um, but for right now we're going to dive a little bit away from the NCAA because we could talk about that for the next coming week. Um, we're going to move a little bit forward to the NFL, um, the free agency of the NFL. I know there's some, a couple of news um going on right now. I know the draft, the jets um, moved up in the draft to the number three slot now. So, What do you guys think of the free agency and the NFL draft that's upcoming? Um, Anything that you might want to add or talk about?
1: Um. Well, for me, I guess the the, the, the Jets are the ones that made the the most interesting move. um, Moving up from spot, you know, six to three, you know, trading with the the Colts. I personally thought they might have given up a, a little bit too much. But I mean, obviously they want a QB, so I think, (laughs) I think this kind of force, this is going to force Cleveland to take a QB, because I think, I think they they might have been a little bit iffy about whether to take a QB first, because the Giants haven't said yay or nay whether or not they're going to take a QB. They could go, it sounded like they want to take a guard, the guard out of, um uh, was it, guard out of Notre Dame, I think he is, with the second pick, or Chubb, the defensive end. So the Giants, and they could be just you know blowing a lot of smoke of everybody's behind. So, but they haven't said definitively whether or not they're going to take a QB. We know the Colts was going to take QB with Andrew Luck in the first round. So, I mean the Browns had the best of both worlds. They could take Barkley if they wanted them, and then wait to number four and get the QB that they want, or they could have took you know a QB that they want and still got somebody. So they had a lot of options. I think now the Jets up there moving, taking a QB is definitely going to force Cleveland to take a QB with the first, with the first pick. Um, so like I said, it's the Jets. I mean, I was like two second rounds this year, a second round next year. I mean, I, it's, it's not a guarantee that he wouldn't have ended up with a QB that they wanted because I mean, the Broncos were not picking one. And I think, um, Uh, the Colts weren't picking one. The Giants might not have picked one. So they might have still gotten away with not having to trade up three spots to get it. But I don't know. It's, that seemed like a lot. If it doesn't work, it's going to definitely be a lot of people's (laughs) heads rolling. Um, but they got to get it right. I think they haven't had a top, you know, round, first round draft pick since Mark Sanchez, aka Marcy Sanchez. Even though he did take, even though he did take him to two AFC championship games, a lot of people give him a lot of credit, but no quarterback before in the sense really done as much as he did, you know, playoff wise, but that's another story anyway. But I don't know. It's, I think the Giants, they've been talking about they want to shop that pick. So you already know if the Jets got, you know, gave up two first round picks for that, if that's what the Colts got, the Giants are going to want that plus, plus some. So. They could trade out number two a little bit lower and get a ton of picks to help out because they need help everywhere. But it's gonna make this draft a hella interesting. Yeah. Um
2: I'm just kinda going through the uh the free agent tracker. Uh a lot of lot of movement. Uh the Jets really I, I, I I truly d I truly don't I truly don't understand what the Jets are doing. And I say that because alright, you got the kid from Penn State, and you got Bryce Petty that are still in Josh McCown. So you got your three quarterbacks that you got from last year under contract, and now you got Teddy Bridgewater. And then you're trying to tell me that they feel so confident about one of these kids in the draft that they're trading up really high so they can get a fifth quarterback? The most ridiculous thing <laughs> I could ever conceivably think about. You well, know? It's... Granted, yes, they got all these they got all these quarterbacks in
1: one year one year deals. Granted, yes. But yes, I, I, I think I if I understand where your mindset might be, you know, this is the Jets, yes. This is what <laughs> um I think that uh I, I think that I don't think they're going to have five QBs on their rosters. Somebody yeah. or somebody's an odd man out. Uh, to be honest, I don't think well, they're going to pick a QB.
2: I don't think so either. I, I don't think, think so.
0: Either. I don't think they're going to pick I, a QB. I, 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 go ahead. I, I think.
2: I don't know. I think they're trying to get Brad, uh, Bradley Chubb because they lost Muhammad Wilkerson, they lost a bunch of D-tackles. I think they're going to go defensive on the defensive line. I, I can't see them really going after a QB in this draft where they can sit there and wait while they gave up all their second round draft picks. I was going to say they could have sat there and waited for uh, uh, the kid from Oklahoma State or somebody else um, in the second or third round for a quarterback if they've really that desperate for a quarterback because honestly, I ain't sold on, on Rosen or or Darnold. Me personally, I mean, they look no better than um than the Jets uh, QB from uh, Hackenberg. <laughs> I kind of I kind of get that Hackenberg feel with both of them because neither one of them really shined. I mean, the kid from what is that Darnold from USC? Kid Granny. yes, they won games, but, man, he threw a lot of picks. He threw a ton of picks in college. And I'm not saying that those interceptions are going to translate to the NFL, but, damn, most quarterbacks who tend to not have great careers in the NFL tend to have a, a much higher uh, touchdown a to quarterback ratio, I'm sorry, touchdown to interception ratio than what Darnold might have had his last two years at USC. So, I mean, I don't know. The Jets are just weird. I, I really I really can't put my hand around it. It it doesn't make sense to me. You know you got Terry Bridgewater, I understand his knee is is, you know, cause for speculation. You don't know, he hasn't thrown a pass in almost two years. But he's still young. I think he's only like twenty-six, twenty-seven years old. And he was a pretty above average quarterback in Minnesota. And above average is
0: better than what the Jets have gotten the past couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> you're completely right in a nutshell with that. Um, you know i uh,
2: So I don't know why they just don't kind of play that out, and if it doesn't work out, then you grab a quarterback in the next round because you're not going to be that. You're probably not going to do that well this season if you don't have a quarterback to do what you need to do, especially defensively because they, they look like they
0: suck. No, that's I, that's one of the reasons why I said that I think that they're going to go defensive um, with their pick. Um And you guys said it right. Hit, I, they got too many quarterbacks to try and draft another quarterback. So if they do draft another quarterback, I can see somebody getting traded down the road or something. Um, oh, ain't
2: nobody trading for Hackenberg?
0: No, okay. but well, <laughs> you, just, you ain't got to trade. You just release. Yeah, or release. Yeah. Oh, true. True. So there is some options. Yeah, I just don't see. Like you said, they. I think they're going to put their 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 eggs into Bridgewater. Um, at least for this year, I think that they're going to see what he has to offer. Um, which means I don't think that they're going to pick a, someone, a quarterback in a draft. I could be completely wrong, but the way it seems, it seems so the Jets are not doing that. It looks like they're trying to get somebody outside of a quarterback. Um, and I do think that the defense, the defense is probably where one of the things that they need to work on. Um, but then again, I wouldn't be too, too shocked. If they actually go for that running back as well, um, yes. Uh, so I, I I would not be too shocked if they I would not be too shocked if they picked him as well. Um, but Jets, that's just one of the many things that the Jets need to work on. Um, so we'll see what they do. Um, depending on how they pick is, is going to either have Jets fans scratching their head or. Say okay, I think I see where this is going. Yeah, my only
1: my only thing is if you're gonna give up all that just to move up from 63, you might as well try to go for go for number one. Shit, they will have to give up.
2: They probably have to give up the cheerleaders, uh, concessions, parking permits,
0: Passing the royalties.
1: apparently, uh, there's somebody that they that they really want that they are afraid that. You know, won't be there by the time they get to number six. So they jumped up up three spots. I mean, to to get whoever it is. And so I'm like, if you really was that desperate, then you should have went for you should have went for one. But the question is, that did did they did they did did Cleveland want to give up the number one?
2: Oh, definitely. Why not?
1: The price is right. But I think they would have. I think they could have. They could have given up four, and they still could give up four. But, I mean, like you said, if the price is right, if you offering someone, you make an offer that somebody can't refuse, then, yeah, all bets is off.
2: Well hold on. Is, didn't the Jets trade up to three? Yeah. Yeah. So four is <clears>
1: – <throat> I'm saying anybody else. I mean, if they were to part with a pick, they probably would rather keep one and four unless someone gave them something they just couldn't refuse. See,
2: here's my thing. You know, when I my rationale with Cleveland, Cleveland made so many, so many great, uh, great moves in free agency. You know, they picked up Carlos Hyde, running back from the 49ers. They still got Duke Johnson Jr. They let Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Corwell go, but you got a formidable one-two punch
1: in, in Hyde and John, in, uh, in Duke Johnson Jr., don't forget Landry from Miami. Right, you got Landry. Mm-hmm. Now, my
2: big question is: How badly do they need uh, the the running back? And his name slipped my mind. Uh, how badly do they need to draft in number one? I don't say they need it. I don't say they need to draft in number one. I'm thinking that I'm I'm thinking the Jets are saying, "Look." They got Hyde and Duke Johnson. They don't necessarily need Barkley number one. If they go after their QB and Indianapolis may or may not go after Barkley, I'm thinking they they want to either take Barkley or they want to take John at three. I still can't see them taking a QB at three. That's just ridiculous in my opinion. But, you know, you said – These are the Jets.
0: These are the Jets. (laughs) Keep that in mind.
2: True. I, it just it just bugs my mind. I, I can't I can't grasp.
1: Trust me now. I I I I, I think that probably would be the, the smartest move. by Machub, but um, it would not be surprised me. You know, the Jets' number three pick pick Baker Mayfield from Oklahoma.
2: <laughs> I like I like his moxie. I think he's a he's a ballsy type of player. Is he worth number three though?
0: That's audiences. really what the question is. That's really the, that's the question.
2: I mean, Russell Wilson was a great quarterback in college, and supposedly they're about the same height. Granted, Russell Wilson did win a, a Heisman, but would you risk a number three pick on somebody like Baker Mayfield?
1: No, because – if you look at the draft board, I guess well, it, I guess it depends on what their draft board has, but if you look at the overall draft board, Baker Mayfield doesn't strike you as one going in that top three or four spots. I mean, once the Broncos, you know, signed Case Keenum, you know, that pretty much took them out of the running for a QB. So if they wanted Baker Mayfield, he was there to be had at six without having to make a trade.
2: Agreed. Agreed. So,
1: so in my opinion, it's not Baker May- Mayfield that they want. If they were going for a QB. Yeah. I keep
2: I keep hearing they're like linked to Rosen. And I'm like, you know, I don't know. I mean I guess when everybody when the Eagles picked Wentz, you know, I guess everybody thought that that was sort of like a reach and then he turned out to be who he turned out to be. Um so I'm guessing every every organization is like, well, we can get ourselves a wince. If we go pick one of those QBs that came from the off the beaten path school and then,
1: you know, go from there. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess they can flip the corner, but like, okay, we can get a, a first and second round pick. He could turn out to be a, you know, a Jared Goff or a Carson Wentz, or he can turn out to be a, you know, a Mitch Trubinsky, you know, with the Bears and he looks like a disaster for like three quarters of the season. And then, you know, he has little flashes of brilliance there. So, I mean, like, Jared Goff didn't look all that great the first year, and then the second year you got a brand-new coach, and look at him, Rams. <laughs> He's a brand-new person.
2: It's all about the scheme, man. Yeah, Sometimes definitely. It's all about you putting the best the scheme with the players that you have instead of trying to fit a, 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 round, a, round, a, a round thingy in a square peg or something like that. A round peg in a square hole or something like that. That's how a lot of these quarterbacks fail.
1: Oh, hey, so I forgot to tell, I forgot to ask you, Richard Sherman, man, dressing all red in his, uh, in his suit for the 49ers, looking like a straight blood. Hey, man,
2: look. <laughs> hey, you know what I love about that contract? You know, and people was really ripping him over the terms of his contract. And he was like, he betting on himself. You know what I'm saying? He's willing to, it's like a 30 something million dollar contract, but in all reality, it's like a one year, eight million dollar contract with incentives. You know, if he doesn't play well after this first year the forty nine ers could just cut him and be on about his way. But he's so confident and getting back to the player that he wants to be. You know, I love that confidence because it's not so much arrogance, it's just a, a right amount of confidence that he that he has about himself. <clears throat> I'm I'm truly excited about the possibility of him being in that backfield, uh, the back end of the defense. Um I'll be I'll be sitting watching the draft this year very closely to see how the 49ers, uh, who they choose and, you know, how things progress through the summer and going into the season. It's probably the most excited I've been about the, about the Niners uh, since they were having their playoff runs with Cap in uh, Harbaugh.
0: That's, that's always good. Um, yeah, Richard Sherman, I wish, to be honest, I wish more players were like that, put bet on themselves um, to do something like that. Um, instead of well, teams, just giving money to t- to players who may have may not have quite earned those th- that money per se.
2: Well, uh, I can't say Kirk Cousins didn't. <laughs> Kirk Cousins went out there and the idiot Redskins franchise franchise uh, franchised them twice, and now he's commanding thirty million dollars a
1: year, yeah. guaranteed. <laughs> Definition to show me the money. Right. Yeah, that is
0: true. <laughs> I can't lie, to that is true.
1: Definition um, of pimping
2: the game. That's what that is. <laughs> hey,
0: hey, I we we hey, more power to them. That's all I can say. Um, but before we get out of here, um, real quick, I uh, just want to get your guys' take on a little bit of NBA news. Of course, uh, this whole situation with LeBron James now um doing right you know um average triple double the last game um pretty much doing everything at this point that media right now is quote unquote having him make a strong case for mvp um saying that he's making a push towards the mvp uh so i know we talked a little bit about this off um off air but let me ask you guys your takes on it a little bit
1: on air so I'll talk. I'll start with you, Smooth. Well, I think that, you know, as of right now, I don't even like, like, like this projection where people had said that James Harden was the clear-cut MVP favorite or winner before even an All-Star break. So I think it was like you crowned the guy after, after two months of playing pretty well, which basically been doing the same thing he's done for the last three years, a gigantic ball hawk. But, We'll we'll will them 'em we'll give them that, but I mean to me I think the media is always so prisoner of the moment when it comes to LeBron James. Every little thing that he does is like this is the best he's playing and did you see that dunk or did you see that crossover between the legs? It's like I'm like, I right, break it. Calm down guys. I've seen better people get dunked on. I've seen better crossovers, I've seen better you know, all around games. So I think LeBron James is playing at a very, very high level. I think he has to in order for his team to really stay competitive. He's not doing it that he's got all this, you know, people in place he's doing it because he has no other the choice. So um I think so I think that
2: I'm sorry, not to cut you off but I just want to say, his age? That's all I want to say.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Wake me up when he does something I haven't seen before. <laughs> so, I mean, well, yeah, his age—he's actually doing something that probably hasn't been done since Kareem did it when he was, you know, you know, back with the Lakers before his um his his end of days. But still, I mean, I guess it's like for me, LeBron James is like they say everything he's doing is like the best here and the best there. Like me and I was talking that. You know, he had the one game against, you know, Denver Nuggets where he had like a triple double everybody was going crazy. His number is his field goal percentage, everything was great. But then they seem to conveniently forget that two that a few nights ago that same Denver Nuggets team blew his team out and he didn't do much of anything. So it's like people cherry pick what they wanna, you know, look at. They said we when, when he um had that dunk over the guy, they said, Oh my god, that was, you know, a fantastic dunk and They kept running a replay over on ESPN and all the sports channels. And I've seen it. I'm like, I've seen people get flushed on more ridiculously, you know, back when we were growing up (laughs) than what LeBron James did. I'm like, if that's what you guys are getting all hyped about, go watch some old NBA tapes back in the early and late 90s. I mean, there was a lot of people that got flushed on, you know, Ewing being one of them. But we're not going to throw shade on the Knicks. but, um, But for me, like me and I was talking, I'm like, to me, I don't see why he should be in the running because if he was, they wouldn't have made all those trades. He would have had all that same team carry him on his back to where they, you know, to a better record than what they had. But he stopped playing really for a month. He gets, you know, some trades, he gets new blood and gets some new people in. Then all of a sudden, the next month, he decides to average a triple double for the whole month. Where was that the month prior to that when you decided to conveniently? Take a month off because you didn't like the way things were going. And still, in my opinion, hasn't even given the Cleveland Cavaliers any kind of indication that he's going to resign. So to me, he's not an MVP candidate. To me, it's hardened. And I think that's hardened by default.
2: As of Um, right now, I should say. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean uh Harden has been going out there day in, day out, just dropping dropping dimes, just putting his team on his back to win. I mean granted he has to have a Chris Paul and but he's been hurt a lot of times during the season. So I mean, but James Harden has been consistent from day one, from the first game till now. Uh barring any true setback or any type of injury or something like that. I see him running away with MVP. Uh, LeBron is, I think LeBron is now getting himself tuned up, getting ready for the playoffs. Uh, Kevin Love is back, so I'm thinking he's gonna get Love back into where he needs to be, get find the rhythm of getting that team back in back uh, into some playoff contention type of thing, and then they're gonna just try to make LeBron and just try to you know sneak everybody but they can throughout the playoffs and try to make it back to the finals. Um, But from an overall standpoint, standpoint, it's hard and all the way. I I think LeBron is probably like second or third in the running. I don't even think he's a Mm. runner-up.
0: Real quick, I'm just going to say this. I agree with what Earl said, number one. Um, Media right now is just – overblowing what everything everything that LeBron does um, and I agree with you wholeheartedly like this stuff should have been done from he's been inconsistent to win MVP that's really what the bottom line is he's been too inconsistent um he so, it's, it feels as though that he he literally does have a sw- on off switch where when he feels the need to turn it on he'll turn it on but then when his team is not at where they should be it's off. Or vice versa. Um, I think that James Harden is right now, right now, um, the MVP um, leader at this point. I don't even put LeBron in the top runner-up as well. Like you said, I don't even have him runner-up. I have to the DeRozan over LeBron at this point because Toronto is right now is playing their best basketball, and right now they are the number one team in the East and by a considerable margin. So I wouldn't even have LeBron in it would be debatable for my top five at this point with him in it. Um, oh
2: yeah, I think Kyrie is ahead of him.
0: Exactly. I, I also and you also got um, go to state with Steph and KD. So I'm not completely. Um, LeBron at this point is not at that at that stage. And to be honest, the fact that media is trying to put him there, it's not going to change a thing. Um, I think that where it stands right now. LeBron should have been like this, should have been more consistent. If this, these triple-doubles and all this that he was doing was on a consistent basis, then it would be a different story. Um, then he would probably be in the running. But he takes too much time off or during games for it to really matter at this point. And that's fine because if his focus is on the playoffs, then by all means. But don't have him in the MVP race because he's not even consistently there to be in the MVP running at this point, you can't just do it just because of two or three games. It got, it has to be a lot more games than that. And he may have done twenty-five games where he averaged a triple-double. Still not enough. Like you have Harden and them doing it like eighty. Let's not not say eighty. Let's say like they're doing it at least 90 percent of the games that's played. LeBron James may have done sixty percent of them. but the media media does that sometimes. They especially ESPN like. I cannot understand why they always have to run, whether it's videos of what he does and whether it's on Twitter. Like, it could be ESPN top ten top ten moments. And for whatever reason, he's number one where there's much lower top tens that was considerably better by fans. So my point is that at this point, LeBron James doesn't need to be mentioned in an MVP running. If you want to mention him as far as taking his team to the playoffs, that's fine, but it's way too late for
1: MVP. Well, if if we remember, I think it was, what, two years ago when, you know, I think Steph was going to get his second, you know, unanimous MVP, and, you know, he was he got on his feelings and, and made a distinction about <laughs> what a, what's your true definition of an MVP is. So I guess in his mind, I guess that might still – be the same case. And there's, I think you said what there's a, there's an MVP player and then there's an all around MVP, something to that effect. But he was definitely trying to make a clear distinction why throwing shade at, at Steph Curry for being an all, a second time, all unanimous MVP um, player. He just don't understand. Like, you could be the best player in the world,
0: but it doesn't mean that you have to be, and then you, you you're labeled as the best. In the MVP of the season. Some people have better seasons than you being the best player in the world. Like, that's why it's called the MVP for that season. And right now, to be honest, James Harden right now has a better season than LeBron James. More so the fact because the Houston Rockets have a better record than Cleveland Cavaliers. Like, they're top in the, They're top, They're one of the top two teams in the
1: NBA, period. And i would even argue that James Harden – Statistically, his numbers from last year and this year, from what he's done, is by by pretty much the same. I mean, he has not done anything differently last year to this year. The only reason, in my opinion, why he lost last year to Westbrook because Westbrook had, you know, average triple double throughout the whole year. You take out those triple doubles, I mean, it would have been hardened from start to finish. And yeah. I think, and I think they're. I think they probably wanted, I'm surprised they just did do a co-MVP, but they, they had to give it to Russell Westbrook because he averaged a triple double. If he didn't, it would have been a co-MVP. So I think this year, this is going to be the NBA's way of saying, okay, here you go. Yeah. No,
0: I agree with you on that. But, um, that was, I mean, just hearing about the media portraying like LeBron James is in the running of the MVP and enough, in a nutshell, is just stop it. It's not even, he's too late for that right now.
1: I don't even think that Anthony Davis should get a little bit a little bit of a consideration being what he's doing down there after boogie Cousins got hurt, what he was doing before boogie Cousins got there, what he's doing now after he got hurt is not playing, yeah, no, I agree with you i
0: I gotta look at the records between New Orleans and Cleveland
1: um but, mm, I think Cleveland might be a little bit better, but I think, in my opinion, about what he's doing for that team, you know, statistics-wise, I think he's definitely put that team on his back and it's carrying
0: <laughs> I mean, I can see ESPN now in an uproar about what we talked about, saying LeBron is not um, in the MVP running, but we can talk more about that um, a little bit later. Um, so, we're coming up to the end. So... <laughs> We're coming up to the end, so um, I mean, guys, let them know where they can find you at.
1: He's giving me signals. (laughs) uh,
0: Twitter
1: and gram at jeross7at. Cat Daddy One Nine Six Three. Cat Daddy One Nine Six Three on
2: Twitter. (laughs)
0: You can find me at I Am Al Qualls. Again, I Am Al Qualls. Hey, Ace, what was that about?
2: Just saying, um, I I love LeBron. I mean, don't get it twisted. I mean, I love the athlete. I love the player. Don't always necessarily agree with some of the things that he do or with some of the things that he says. But, I mean, dude, give respect where respect is due. We understand that you're the king. We understand that you're the greatest. We understand that, uh... Uh, Giannis last night was saying oh my god he's unbelievable he shouldn't be doing anything because he's doing that at his age we get it we understand That hard to get his time alright <laughs> <You're doing something. laughs> dog you've been to the championship seven straight years nobody else can say they've done that at least maybe Jordan maybe well <laughs> <someone laughs> <other. laughs> maybe Fistler, some of the champions might have been more because of his dominance or whatever Bill Russell Remember, but I'm just like, dude. Eventually, you're gonna come down. I understand that you're doing what you're doing so that you don't come down. But eventually, what goes up is gonna come down. So you keep focused on trying to get keep uh, Cleveland relevant going into the playoffs, and you guys get your stuff together. Let Harden do what he's doing, and let them let the West knock themselves out, so that hopefully, if Cleveland can make it through the East, because there's no guarantee in that, then. To talk about it. you've been there eight years in the world. you ain't
0: gonna win it but you at least been there eight years <laughs> and to be honest that's something that no one can actually say that they haven't done so I I mean to be honest that message right what you just said probably is what we all thinking at this point. That should be like that's like if that's not the final thought I don't know what else to tell you. That was that was the final thought for sure. Definitely definitely uh but for now I would like to thank everybody for checking this out. Um, again, you can catch guys talking sports on a weekly basis. Um, thanks, everybody out there. iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, SoundCloud Stitcher. Um, we really appreciate the support. Um, make sure you guys tune in. And until next time, you guys take care and God bless. One love, everybody. Yeah. Deuces.